Konbawa. Hi, everybody. I am Jack. I just wanted to take a minute to introduce Terrorist Out. So Terrorist Out is a podcast about a show about six strangers living together, and we observe how they interact. All that they've prepared is a beautiful home and automobiles. And all that we've prepared is a couple of microphones, opinionated friends, and an hour of our time. There's absolutely no script at all. We are watching and reviewing, and we absolutely hope you love the show, follow along, and enjoy. I'm Michelle. And I'm Caitlin. And I'm Jesse. And we're ready to get terraced out. Woo-hoo. Yay! Now we have a Jesse. <laughs> Welcome, Jesse. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, listeners. Now we have our first guest, Jesse. Also, Jesse the Reader from, from YouTube and Instagram. If yes. you do not know of us and our obsessive bookish. You used YouTube and Instagram live. Jesse is a full-blown booktuber. Full-on. So. <laughs> Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about booktube? <laughs> tell them about booktube. Okay, so like a huge Just summarize it. <laughs> what is your elevator pitch? Okay, well, you know how you used to have to do like book reports and stuff in school? It's kind of like that, um, but a lot more exciting and fun and entertaining. And it's all on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in BookTube or Jesse the Reader and you'll figure it out. <laughs> it's a great time. And, and it's like book reports, but like no one's actually making you do them. So they're fun. Exactly. You get to do about whatever yeah. you want. They're, they're entertaining. I promise. I promise you. It's not boring. Yeah. I like the book report analogy. That's a good one. <laughs> really good. That's like the best way to explain it to the layperson, mm-hmm. which I... I don't know. We're just teaching people on this program here. <laughs> Welcome to class. Right? I know. Since you're our first first guest host, hopefully recurring, we won't scare you off after this week. But since this entire show, Terrace House, is about, you know, getting to know our members and things, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Terrace House style, and we'll make it all related to Terrace House. So why don't you tell us, like, what what what's your history with Terrace House? Like, how did you become a fan? How did you find out about it? Where do you start? You see, I don't really know how I found out about it. I just remember that I was about to take a flight and I was like scrambling to download things on my Netflix app. And I was like, <laughs> ooh, what's this show called Terrace House? I'll just download a few, few episodes and see like if I enjoy it or whatnot. And then I get on the flight, I start it and I'm like, instantly regretting that I didn't download more episodes because it was so good right off the bat. I was just like obsessed. I started with opening new doors. That's the season that I started with. And Mm -hmm. I just like fell in love with the cast and fell in love with like the idea of them like all coming together and like living with each other and trying to figure out things. And like, I'm a big fan of like American reality TV shows, but the one thing that I like don't like about American TV, sh- like reality TV shows, is that they're like super manufactured. Like you can tell that the yes. drama is like, like the producers are like feeding them things to like fight about or like you know oh, starting drama and stuff. And like I just love how natural Terrace House is. Like there is arguments, there is drama, but it's not like 
over the top. It's not chaotic. Like they work right. out things like adults and they like talk things out. And I just like something about that just like really appeals to me. So that's kind of yeah. my history with Terrace House. <laughs> right. Because like there's something really special about thinking like, oh, God, is she going to f- when what? What what's gonna happen when she finds out that like they were talking shit? And then <laughs> you're like, is are they gonna find out? And then when they actually find out, it's so much worse. So it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like a producer yes, being like, exactly. Well, they said this, what do you think about it? Are you gonna confront them? Yes. What's what's oh, your favorite oh American reality if this is your favorite Japanese reality show? Okay, so I'm not like I'm not super proud to admit that I watch this show, but Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> that is my favorite show. I love that. It's but it's it's so bad that it's so it's good. good. Like I just can't. I there's something like I know that a lot of it is like super fake. I mean, if Marty Scorsese, yeah, if, if Vanderpump Rules so is good. good for Marty Scorsese, Vanderpump Rules is good for everyone. I think personally. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> but I get that. I just watched Vanderpump Rules last night. So. There we go. But I think that that also explains to you, like, I think it explains to the listeners, like, you can love Vanderpump Rules, but you can also love this show. Like, just because you love Vanderpump Rules, it doesn't mean you're going to find this show boring. It's it's equally compelling, yeah. in my opinion. Last last but not least, we are going to ask, fav- I already probably know this answer, but favorite cast <laughs> member of all time. Or top, why don't we do top three favorite Okay. Favorite Terrace House members. I, I did. Like, I kind of did top. I I kind of cheated. I did top four. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, allow it. Do, do you want to? We'll allow it. <laughs> do you Do you want to try to guess what my favorite? Oh, that's really like, good. Okay, guys. I, so this, said, this I keep gonna... on saying characters. <laughs> Character. I know. I did that too. First episode. That's. I. I got it from you. Damn it, <laughs> listeners. Blame Jesse. He ruined it all. Um, okay, let's see. Well, obviously, number one is Sana because Queen, she is always number one. I feel like that's always a given. Guilty Samurai has to be in there. I feel like you love Taishi. There's no... I every, Guilty Samurai is usually in everyone's top three. So I would say Taishi is up there. You love Lauren's side too, though. So I feel like Lauren has to be in the top three. I, frick, this is so hard. Oof. This is, oh no, but then there's Shion and Tsubasa. Wait, I can't. This is too hard. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. You got, you got two, two of the four correct. So you're, you did good. Yeah. Um, we got Santa, of course. The queen. How can you not love her? Um, she's got so much history with the Terrace House franchise. So she's amazing. And then, of course, Taishi. Yes. Mr. Samurai. <laughs> he's the best. Um, I know that he's like, easy to hate and a lot of people don't enjoy him but like you have to admit that he's a fantastic terrace house castmate like he's so good and then this one might be like a little unexpected taka from new doors Uh, um yeah i just i know that he didn't really like bring that much to this to the show necessarily but like i just really liked his role in the show because he was kind of like Mm -hmm. the father of the house like the big brother figure and i really enjoyed his character and then the last one is one that Caitlin has not been introduced to yet, um, mm. but it's Vivi. I love her. Oh, my God. See, she I didn't know that we best. were allowed to talk about current members because then Vivi is oh. definitely in my top three. I'm <laughs> ob- 
obsessed with her. I cannot yes. wait for everyone to meet her. She's based in LA, so like I or she she is trying or she's kind of. I, I love her so much. Okay, we're getting ahead of, of ourselves, but I yes. feel like that's a good introduction to Jesse to get to know a little bit about you. I mean, do you want to tell us like where you're from, or do you just not want to tell us that? <laughs> from Missouri, uh, it's really exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you're in your twenties, so that's good to know. Yes. Are you in a relationship right now? That's also something that the listeners. No. No, you're not. Yeah, because we all have single. told everyone what we're, what our statuses is, uh, what our statuses is, what our statuses are, what our status that I grammar, grammar. Three book bloggers in a room and can't decide on grammar. All right. So since we're here and we're getting into the history, let's recap a little bit of what happened in episode five. So we're up to date on where we are here. On episode six. So last week, last episode, we had Ruka and Haruka trying to make plans to go to Rod Motors, but their conflicting schedules kept preventing them from doing so, allowing Risiko to swoop in the last second, have Ruka take her on a drive to and from her parkour practice, which she happily obliged to. Uh, the panelists all think that Ruka, Risiko is definitely 100% into Ruka, and she's an all-or-nothing type of chick who gives 100% with both her parkour and with her dating. Speaking of parkour, we saw her doing it for the first time, and Girl is the closest thing to a Marvel superhero in the house. She is the next Captain Marvel, a Black Widow, I don't freaking know, Girl can do yes, cartwheels without her hands on the floor. It's- <laughs> Saying chick is like she can get it she's like a little ninja haruka is impressed she impressed us all with her insanely fast drag racing so fast in fact she got dq'd from her race for being too fast yes you can apparently lose from being too fast at driving like what (laughs) because you have to finish with this i I don't know (laughs) news to me i have no i had no idea the panelists said that the moment Haruka pulled her hair out of her helmet post-race and flipped her hair in the air will go down as, quote, the most iconic moment in Terrace House history, which I think they're not wrong. I, I don't know about most iconic moment because I feel like yeah. Shohei giving Sena a, a flower, a, like a bouquet of two dozen long stem red roses in uh-huh. a church to ask her to be his girlfriend is a little bit more iconic when she says no because she's like what is this a proposal but like it's not (laughs) awkward anyway i think that that's still pretty iconic Uh, (laughs) tina's gonna be so hard to beat like it's hmm. hard that's like literally (laughs) my top three best taras house moments of all time like the moment that what's his face gets his hand holding rejected in shonan that's the top moment that was amazing this moment and then there's probably crisis the meat oh god the meat crisis holy (laughs) crap that was that was a big ordeal oh yeah we already referenced the meat incident (laughs) the incident (laughs) okay next uh risiko turned to kenny for career advice and the panelists called this pairing a rare coupling of housemates because they've never actually shared a scene, the two of them together, until this point. And Kenny gives surprisingly great advice and says, there's no need for you to rush. 
she and Risiko agrees and she says, I get that a lot. I don't think I've ever changed, challenged myself to the fullest because I don't know what my limit is. So I never know when to stop, which is interesting and also slightly alarming. They also made plans to arrange a group dinner for the house because she asked him if there was anything he wanted to do while he was in the house. And instead of like, you know, taking the hint as like an opening for like a date invitation, he was like, oh, I want to do something with all the members of the house because, you know, boys. Anyway, Kenny and Corey went to look at T-shirt to screen print on for original merch and had lunch. Corey said that she appreciates how she and Kenny can have conversations about art and money, which in her experience, not many artists and creatives are comfortable doing, which I think is fair. Haruka and Kaori give burgers and gossip about Kenny. Corey reveals Kenny has become more likable to her as she finds they have a lot more in common than she originally expected. Hint, hint. She finds him easier to talk to as well. He has, quote, risen in her easy-to-talk-to ranking of the housemates, which if we know Haruka and her I like boys or things that other people find shiny, this is probably (laughs) going to just, you know, throw some fuel in the fire. They all went to see Kenny's live show with Spicy Saul, Tori-chan and the panelists, very accurately oriented us with some tracking information that this live performance happened immediately after Haruka and Corey went to get burgers. So Corey and Haruka's conversation they just had was like a pre-gig meal. So they were just gossiping about Kenny before they went to go see him. So before she went to go see this concert, Haruka in her mind is like, oh, Corey thinks that Kenny is cute. So she's viewing this live show with that in her brain. So they're just trying to remind us of that, which is good. It's it, Kenny being on Corey's radar is very prevalent and present in Haruka's mind, which considering this week's episode title, The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, sounds like it might have something to do with this whole love triangle situation involving Haruka and the other girls. Might be right on the money there. Yamachan says, Haruka primarily preys on people who are already spoken for. She might use Kaori's attraction to Kenny to fuel her own conquest. Things could heat up soon. Shohei and Haruka make plans to go to the golf driving range. Shohei asks Haruka to take him because she wants to learn how to play golf and wants her to teach him. Haruka confirms plans with Ruka to go to the car shop next week. She says she'll check in with the guys at Rod Motors and get back to him about a specific date. So basically, a lot of plans were made last week. In the episode, it was an episode of making plans. And this week, those plans are hopefully going to be paying off. And we will get to watch everything unfold. Will Haruka and Shohei become closer after this golf date? Will Ruka and Risiko make some moves that make Haruka uncomfortable? Will Kenny and, and Kari get closer? Let's find out. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Literally where we are. <laughs> so basically now we're just trying to see if all of those plans last week are going to create huge bombs this week. Let's go straight into it. First up, I think we we should discuss Haruka and Shohei's golf and ramen date. So first, Haruka and ramen go to the driving range and to play golf and get ramen. They go to the Kasai, Lotte Kasai Golf in Kasai, Tokyo. That place is 24 hours. It's open all day. So they go at night and they can stay however they want. It's also one of the bigger golfing ranges. My dad used to go there a lot. 
when we were younger, even though it was far, because he was like, there's a lot of space and you can like hit the ball real far. And I was like, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) So basically here we get like, we get them in the car on the way to golf and then we see them playing golf and then we see them get ramen after. So in the car on the way there, they kind of discuss whether or not they think Ruka, Haruka asks Shohei's opinion of whether or not she thinks Ruka is into Risako or not. And they kind of talk about him pretty much. So Shohei thinks that Ruka is into Risako and then Haruka's like, yeah, I think so too. And then Haruka, they discuss like, Haruka mentions that she thinks 20 is too young to date for her in her opinion. And, but she does say that there are moments, even though he seems too young, that like because he is a little younger, or I guess the connotation is like expected to be less mature, that when there are moments where he suddenly seems more adult, it makes her heart beat faster or like skip a beat because she's like, <laughs> oh, like she feels very like like there's a like it's a difference like he feels like a child and then suddenly like bef- before she even realizes like he's a man like and she's like that the gap between that is what is hard to put my finger on i don't know that's kind of what it seems like right and she then she says then she references that moment uh on the couch where we have discussed in a previous episode i think it was like two episodes ago where she, or last episode where she said they were looking at photos on on Instagram of cars and stuff and she said his his, his side profile is very attractive or very beautiful she's like kide which is beautiful which i really love in Japan they they don't feel uncomfortable using the term beautiful to describe men or women which i think is mm. great and it's very true but she was like yeah it really like freaked me out for a second <laughs> and then they talk about how ruka's actually like very like he's a close person like he talks close to you he likes to be close when he speaks like he likes to be in personal space with people and she says like and and shohei agrees of that on that observation so as someone who isn't very aware i think this also goes back to that whole thing where he's very aloof and he doesn't realize the impact he has on people so when he says Mm -hmm. like oh i had a dream about you like to him he's like yeah i had a dream (laughs) <laughs> but ever other people are like, is he flirting? Like, I don't understand right, what is right. going on here. I'm really confused. Which seems like that was like the deal there. So they kind of discuss that. Then at golf, we we realize Shohei prefaces this fact that he's like, this is the first time he's ever ever played golf. Like, he's only played mini golf before this. He really wants Haruka to teach him. And yes, Shohei is. It's very obvious that this is his first time because he has a lot of trouble hitting the ball. And and yes, golf is hard. But Haruka then gives him a hands-on t- a swinging lesson, which is very cute because it's you see the difference between Kenny and Haruka's guitar teaching lesson versus Shohei and Haruka's golf teaching lesson. And just because you like physically put your hands to teach someone. The intention is what matters. I don't know. Did you feel like there was a difference in the energy between the Shohei Haruka interaction versus like teaching versus the Kenny Haruka interaction? Yeah, I did notice a difference. I mean, I also know Shohei was um, making some looks as well (laughs) to her when she was showing him. Do you think Shohei viewed this as a date or like a date? 
it's so interesting to me that if this if he did view it as a date, it surprises me because I felt like <laughs> they had like an argument, and so it just didn't seem like they would be the type to like go on a date together, especially because it like got pretty heated and it was even brought back up in this episode. And I know we'll get to that. And it just, it surprised me that he would be interested in even like hanging out with her on one, one on one, unless it was like to like kind of fix this issue that they're having. Right. Um, So I, I I would be surprised if he viewed it as a date, but like there were moments where you're like, is this a date? Like what's happening here? Yeah. And like with Shohei, like Ruka has, you know, like the two of them have talked about Haruka. So I feel like it would also be weird for Shohei to kind of go into it, you know, because he was the one that was like edging Ruka on, like, ask her out, ask her out. Like, I feel like it would be really weird for him to automatically start thinking of dating her as well. Yeah, but then on the other hand, it's like the girl, I guess, I guess we're talking about where maybe it's just we're having this. We asked the question, I asked the question too soon, but like the girls are very openly like declaring war, not war, but like they're very clear about. Yeah their intentions so maybe it's just the difference is that the boys haven't necessarily been as clear about their intentions except ruka yeah i don't know the boys are like kind of a mystery to Mm -hmm. me it's almost like the boys are just kind of waiting for the girls to to bring the the claws out they're just like i don't know if they like me like i don't know if they ask me out then like we'll see what happens yeah they're like like, let's Let's do that. Yeah. I guess we should just keep talking about the ramen and then discuss like how we view that. Or maybe I just got too ahead of myself. But I don't know. I just it was just really interesting the difference between that because they both didn't really know much about the other person at that point. And like even when Kenny was teaching Haruka, he knew that Ruka was kind of interested in her. But I guess like that's I mean, it's a lot less pressure because it's at the house as opposed to like making a whole thing about going out to do something but right. I don't know. who knows haruka has incredible form golfing and her swing the drive on her swing is very very good but i mean she did say like when she she said earlier on in the episode like what her score usually is and she said it's around like 120 and she hasn't been able to break 100 yet that's pretty like fair but for someone who's just started for a year, that's pretty good for someone who hasn't only been golfing for like less than a year. So she's pretty talented. If you when you break a hundred, that's kind of when you really get good at golf. I my dad's friends used to tell me I needed I couldn't play with them until I got at least to like a fifteen handicap. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, like, I'm terrible at golf. <laughs> I like mini golf. So I'm yes. bad at mini golf too. I'm really bad at mini golf, but I love Same. it. I, I this, this summer. In London, I went to mini golf with a bunch of YouTubers and book bloggers, like our friends. None of the listeners might know this, but a bunch of our girlfriends. I think there was like five of us. We all found this place in London called Swingers. And it's like they have vegan food and and drinks and you just play inside. It's kind of like it looks like a like a carnival fair, but it's indoors. It's really hard to explain, but it's super fun, Mm. random, and totally beside the point. (laughs) So Shoei and Haruka make this really funny thing. They say, like, syllabic pacing could probably help his swing. So if he paces his swing out by saying cha shu men, and then going, like, one, two, three, and then it doesn't work. It's very Japanese. It's like kind of like say cheese, and he's like chashumen, and then he's like, "What about noodle funk?" Which is like his signature dish that he has referenced at least once or twice in every episode thus far. <laughs> and then when he uses that, lo and behold, 
he hits the ball kind of nice. And so they laugh and they're like, yeah, that, that was clearly it. That's what we needed, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. It's very showy <laughs> to believe in something like that. And then so basically they decide that they're hungry and so they should go get some ramen. So they go to Hiroya, which uh, is in Kasai, so very, relatively close by. And here they talk about their past work conversation that they've been having. And Haru asks Shohei if there's anything he's focusing on a lot of right now. And well, they kind of begin first by clearing the air a little bit and being like, I, I, I really appreciate being able to have these conversations with you. Like it doesn't make me feel weird or turn me off. I actually appreciate having open conversations. In fact, I prefer it is kind of like Shohei's point of view. And then Haruka is just kind of like, well, you know, because last time you kind of said that you were surprised by what other people thought. So I just kind of wanted to, like, help you out if you were surprised, if that's something you wanted to change. So it's just kind of like they end up talking about it again. And so she asks him, like, is there anything else you're focusing on? And he says he's going to a lot of auditions, but he's also gotten a more consistent gig with his writing or his column. And then Shogohei goes into this whole thing about money and how he's not going to have a he he believes that he's not going to have a big break as an actor. So he's trying to be prudent about how he's making money. But he also gives this example about how he says, like, personally, like if it were that I were going to make, like, for example, three grand making a month for one job doing acting or if I was going to make one grand acting, one grand writing and one grand modeling he's like if i had to pick between the two and i'm gonna make three grand anyway i'd rather make three grand modeling acting and writing than just acting and Herika says okay like she, she it's just kind of like fundamentally he's just inherently a different person like the way that he thinks is different and then Herika says that she doesn't really comment about that specifically but then she comments on his comment about how he says, I don't see myself ever making it acting or being successful or making money as a working actor if I only act. Well, he says, "I maybe I'm too cynical. And so she goes, yeah, I don't really think you should be so defeatist and cynical and assume you're not going to break out someday if you're not like actively trying to make it. Like how you shouldn't assume that that's not going to happen if you're not even trying like you haven't even tried to see if it would happen you can't just if you're not going to try you're gonna be like well it's not going to work out for me anyway she's just like that doesn't seem like a good position to be in and then it just kind of ends there where they agree to disagree and he's just kind of like well maybe i'm too cynical and she's like well yeah maybe and then it just kind of ends what do you think are you more of like a shohei type or more of a haruka type when it comes to like your career and and bes- like even beyond that, it's like it's it's really easy to give advice, but it's hard to take it. So would that opinion stay the same if it if it was for you? Like, would you give the same advice whether or not you think Haruka or show his right? Like, would you agree with that for yourself? Yeah. This is hard because it's, they're just fundamentally very different. Like it's yeah. and there's yeah, no yeah. real I don't think there's a right or a wrong. It's just yeah. like oh just how you are and industry matters and the, but the thing yeah. is they're in this and the thing is they're in the same industry which is why it's so interesting because they're both right. and it's not even just like oh we're in different industries so the way we view this this specific topic is different because we're just different and like our circum like you know it doesn't work that way in it than it works in acting so like 
I feel like there is this underlying thing of like with acting, you aren't necessarily guaranteed to like make it just because you stick with it. So, and there is a time limit on acting too. It also depends on like what you were told growing up as well, I think, because if you come from people who are like, it's smart to have a backup plan then like you're always going to have a backup plan. Yeah, and but that's kind of where I like... always come from is the I have a backup plan. But yeah. like for someone like me, like I feel like I have a lot of different interests. Like I definitely am someone that kind of likes to dip my toes in everything, you know, which is a very Shohei kind of approach. But even with that, I've always had like one or two things that I focus on more than anything else. Like mm-hmm. I definitely can't say that I've put the same amount of effort into each of my passions so in that way, like, I agree with Haruka, like, it's hard to really get good at one thing or focus on one, th- or, like, it's hard to focus on a lot of things at the same amount of energy that you focus on one thing. So, right. and I think this opened up a lot of things with Shohei, too, because, you know, for the past few episodes, he was like, I, you know, put all the same effort into everything. And every time someone, whether it was his boss or Haruka, like, asked him about acting and why aren't you focusing on acting, like... He just kind of would blow it off. And this right. is where we kind of got to see where he, that's because he doesn't really think he can make it in acting. Right. So he feels like <laughs> exactly. he has to do a lot of different things. So right. I thought this right. was really, um, really important to kind of shine a light on how he's really feeling about this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there also has to, I feel like it's also one of those things that sometimes I think about this a lot too, because growing up in, in, a, in a country like Japan, I feel like there is, there is this like extra sense of like duty and responsibility. I don't know if it's just that I believe this because I feel like I was part of that where I felt like there was this added pressure of like, you have to get a real, like a quote, real job. And especially as a woman too, it's like very different Mm -hmm. than being a man in Japan where like, for example, when I, uh, my dad and I went to the, fish market in Tsukiji at like 4 a.m. to go watch like the fishermen auction off like the big tuna that just got caught in the day because I used to tell him about how in college like and I like my friends and I would go out and party in Rapongi and then we'd bike there in the morning and have sushi breakfast and he'd never done that before so he was like I want to try that so he was on this like 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. like news program that was live so I went to watch it and we went after and then when the the fishermen are these like old Japanese older Japanese men who are very much like these edoko like Tokyo craft type like they and the first thing they said to me was like oh wow like you're so pretty are you a stewardess and I was like no and they were like are you a model and I was like no and they're like are you an actress and I'm like no and they like went off and they just kept like listing these jobs that were like for pretty people or like people that make money and I was just like but that's just kind of like how they how you're viewed there like and then it's like oh oh wait you are you're smart oh wait are you are you a lawyer you doctor oh wow like it's just Mm -hmm. this they don't even really care about how you did it's just about the like you work hard so and they respect Mm -hmm. that so I feel like they're always like well if you're going to pursue acting like what's your plan B if that doesn't work out and if you don't have one it's like they judge you and so I felt like part of being in Japan was like being responsible because Japanese people tend to be responsible I feel like that's a very huge stereotype but like I feel like a lot of my family they're always just like well then what else like how are you being responsible though like 
but then I feel like sometimes when it is, I, I do sometimes wonder like what it would be like if I didn't have that. Like if I did, like there is something to be said about putting your whole being into something because you don't have a backup plan. So you are kind of desperate mm-hmm. because if it doesn't work out, then you're kind of screwed. So like this has to work out. And I feel like I've never really done anything until now where it's been like this has to work out because if this doesn't work out, then I don't know what I'm going to do. So like I have to bet everything on this. Like I've never done anything with that kind of desperation. So sometimes mm. I do wonder like, is that what's missing? Like, you know, in like a creative thing, like, is that what, is that what the X factor is when you're acting or you're producing or you're writing? Like, is that what makes something stronger or yeah, not? Yeah. Is it the make it or know. break it? Yeah. Right. Like, is that what yeah. activates something inside you that's, that you can't access unless you mm. get to that point in your life where you're like if I don't do this and this doesn't work out for me then I'm really screwed and I don't know what else I can do like maybe when you find that everything else falls away I do Mm. wonder that a lot when it comes to this type of stuff where because it is really like you don't it's really hard to tell like what allows someone to really hit it as opposed to someone else when sometimes you read something a project or you watch a project and you're like I don't really know why this is as big as it is like it's amazing but it's just like hmm and so it just makes I I, sometimes when I think about it I'm just like I wonder if that's what it is because a lot of these projects when they do work out it's always like uh, not always but a lot of the time it's just like well I don't know what else I would have done if I didn't have acting or if I didn't this So it does make me think sometimes, like, I wonder if that does have any sort of influence on your ability or your output. What do you think? (laughs) I was going to point out, I just, when we were first introduced to Shohi and we learn about, like, his kind of style of working, I didn't even, like, bat an eye. I was like, oh, that's, like, such a normal way of, like, going out work. Like, in America, especially, like, that's, like, the typical millennial. Like, we're always, like, we have more than one job we have more than one right. passion we have like mm-hmm. we're throwing ourselves at so many different things so when I like right. heard Haruka being kind of upset about that it was like really surprising to me but right. is that just like a cultural difference I guess whereas like in, in in Japan is it normal to like have that one sole focus where you're like chasing after that one thing or is I think it like, so yeah I mean I feel like it's not <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a cultural thing, to be honest. Like, I feel like, I mean, you can see if you not so much this season, but if you if you see, like, for example, last season and like Yui, for example, where she could not get a job because what typically happens in Japan is when you graduate from high school or you go graduate from college, you go through this thing called Shushoku Katsudo, which is like basically it's like a campaign to find work. Where you basically are in this bought black suit. Everyone wears like basically the same suit. It's like a long skirt for women, for girls and below the knee with like a heat. It's just like if you see a person wearing this suit, you're like, oh, they're they're Shushoku Katsuzo right now. <laughs> like they're trying to, they're campaigning for a job. And basically they just get ferreted between different it's kind of like an arranged marriage but for work where you're just kind of like you have all these companies that are looking for jobs and you get matched and then you like go and then they then even when you go it's not just like one interview it's like three it's like you're interviewing like a nanny or or like you're going to it's like basically like interviewing for college 
but with three interview levels and then you might not get it. I don't know. It's very complicated. I've never done it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems very like <laughs> official and like a lot more tough and complicated right. than yeah. it is in the States. Like it seems like it's like an actual process and everyone goes through it. It lasts about like four months. It's kind of like a semester. It's like school. It's like mm. a semester of interviewing for jobs and then you find one at the end of the semester. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So most people, they do it as soon as they get out of college and then they just kind of have to figure out what they're going to do. And then, I mean, most of the time, like, pretty much everyone does one thing. It's like a trade or a career or they go back and then they go back to school. They're either an office lady or a salary man, which is like a businessman. And they just kind of live their life. And I find that it isn't normal for Japanese people to have jobs like ours, even though it is very normal in the States, because my mom has a, has always had a very difficult time explaining what I do to people. And especially mm. with my family, like they literally don't get what I do. So they're just right. like, oh, yeah, we follow your Instagram. <laughs> and like my american family is like oh yeah we find i think i don't really talk to them but like one of my aunts she and i talk and she was like oh i follow your facebook stories i'm like cool (laughs) i'm like that's how i keep in touch with my family like i i talk to my my japanese family online and that's it but yeah they're they all have careers or they're stay-at-home moms like in J- in Japan, women are expected to like be an office lady for a couple years till they find a husband, and then when they get pregnant, they quit, and then they're a mom. So it's pretty like a forward and a, a lot of respects, and then behind and in a lot of respects. But a lot more women are are staying single longer because that's what's expected of them. Like mm. if they do get pregnant or they get into a partnership, they're ex- kind of expected to quit. So a lot more women, I feel like, are becoming freelancers or they're just not choosing to have children because they want to pursue their careers. And so there is this like problem in Japan right now of people not having children and the birth rate being too low below the death rate. And that's why our prime minister has gotten into a lot of hot water with certain things he's said to try to encourage Mm. women to have more babies because apparently like my mom keeps saying this but if the rate keeps going the way that it does then the full japanese race like a like a 100 percent japanese person will no longer exist in like the next i don't remember it's like less than 100 years or so or something yeah it's really intense so apparently very intense yeah, they've also like sent all women, I think, under over the age of 21. We all received like a $100 stimulus package like a couple years ago. He literally just sent every woman above the age of 21 $100 as if that's going to help us have children like yeah. and entice us to want to get yeah. pregnant. I want to have a baby yeah. suddenly. Yeah. Like, is this to cover my child's entire education. Like, yeah. Right, right. Like, oh it's just. I also love Japan and I feel like if I was going to raise a kid I would probably raise my kid in Japan so I mean even regardless of all of that that explains a lot it's very tough countries are weird yeah it's tough because I I am Japanese but I I also I I'm like a Shohei type too like I understand I wish I was a a Haruka type my life my life 
Mm-hmm. If I was a Haruka, my life would be so much easier, probably, because I would actually know what I want. Like, yeah. I wish I knew what I wanted. I wish I had that focus. Like, imagine. I I just can't. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine just having that. one thing and being like, I'm going to throw myself at this. Like, I just can't I imagine it. <laughs> I mean, if if I was so good at just doing one thing, I wouldn't go on hiatus from Bookstagram because I'm, like, bored. <laughs> I can only take so many pictures of books outside (laughs) in a stack on shelf like come on guys what else can I do help me help you help me help me help me help the world (laughs) yes I feel like that's enough time on them more fun things Haruka and Ruka finally go on a date finally (gasps) finally I've been waiting for this I'm waiting for this all week, week, months, months, months. I've been waiting to talk about this for months. So this is like the next day. And and before the date even happens, we start and open with everyone waiting in the morning at the dining table. So it's Shohei and Haruka at the dining table in the morning. And they discuss whether or not this outing of Ruka and Haruka that's about to happen is a date or not. Haruka says, oh, my God, don't say it's a date. That'll make me nervous. And then Shohei's like, it's a date, dude. It's a date. Like, (laughs) he's really trying to help baby Ruka out. Because he's like, girl, it's a date, okay? Like, go into this thinking it's a date, please. A1 wingman. (laughs) A1 wingman. (laughs) <laughs> and then Haruka goes fine let's call it a date and then she like smiles it's so cute how she does that where she's like fine okay it was adorable adorable I can't and then the entrance of oh, our leading man my god and sure. baby cinnamon roll has stepped his game up boys take <laughs> note this is how you show up On you dev it up Clearly, boy has been changing outfits in front of the mirror. <laughs> he got hair did. It's all slicked mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Oh, so nice. Y'all didn't listen to <laughs> the audio commentary of the panel when he came out. I feel like you should just do it just to hear the reaction of the studio when he steps into frame. Torchon <laughs> freaks out. Torchon melts down. She's like, <laughs> She has a, a, a mild conniption in the corner and everyone is like freaking out. It's hilarious. Oh man. Dude, I, he walked in and I was like, Whew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. I'm I was in. like, this is how you go on a date. Did you see her with his face though? Like I rewound that scene like five times just to watch Haruka's reaction when she sees him because it's freaking amazing. Like I want to bottle that emotion into a little cup and then drink it every every day, a tiny bit in the morning. <laughs> All right. So then they get into the black jag, which we've never seen before this moment. Um, and they're like, oh, you want to you've ever driven a drop top? And I was like, oh, drop top. I was thinking about Migos. Yep. And rap. <laughs> That's where my brain goes. <laughs> but I won't sing it now because I'm also an Asian white person, so let's not go there. Convertible to Rod Motors, and then they go to get sticks. So at Rod Motors, we see Haruka introduce. She brings her. She brings her boy home. She brings her. She brings him home to meet 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 her dad. <laughs> Just not, not her actual <laughs> dad. <laughs> it's like, like basically it, her dad's. <laughs> basically, it's yeah. like that home. Like that's her. Yeah. That's her place. That's right. her safe space. Like she brought him there. That's huge. Yeah. I feel like that's a I I feel like that's a really big 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 step. 
mm-hmm. um, to letting someone in. Uh, so she he meets the owner, Mr. Makoto, which I'm obsessed with. Uh, I love him. And the guys at Rod Motors give Rika great advice. I mean, he really did feel like she was bringing someone home to meet the family because they gave him such incredible advice. And they were like, you know, before you should shop around and look around before you just pull the trigger and buying a Harley and give us a shout when you feel like you found the right one because we know all the people in the motorcycle game and the car game and the drag racing game. We have the best connections so we can probably help you get a deal. So don't buy it unless you call us first. And they're really trying to help them get a discount because they love their Haruka, Harujang, and they want, you know. Her potential love interest to be happy. And there's the cute. They're like her uncles and dads. The cutest. They ask if they're going to go back to Terrace House after this. And Harika shares, they're going to go get steaks. And the Ojichans, or the, I call the Ojichan is like older man in Japanese. But it's also kind of like a like a endearing way to call like an like when you know how like when people are like oh your auntie I don't know if this is something that you do in white culture though <laughs> it's something we do all <laughs> culture where you're just like oh like like oh say hi to your auntie like wh- like all your friends and your your like your friends or your aunties too even if like for example if you have a best friend and they have like a two year old mm-hmm. or like. Even though, like, you're not her literal auntie, like, Mm -hmm. they would call you auntie, like, Auntie Michelle, because I'm always around, and it's Mm -hmm. not like I'm I'm just a regular person. In my family, we do, but, yeah, like, all my mom's best friends, they're, like, my aunties. Is that a... Mm -hmm. You're Italian, though, right? So I feel like... I feel like that's an Italian thing, too. Yeah, so I don't know if that's an overall, like, everything thing. But in my family, it definitely is. Like, my parents' friends that I grew up with are, like, my aunts and uncles. And, like, yeah. we call their kids, like, my cousins, even okay. though yeah. none of us, like, would be blood Maybe it's, like, I don't know. What do you feel? Is do you Does that happen to you, Jesse? Does that happen to no, you? No, we don't do that. We don't do that in my family. <laughs> Like, like what I, is this? <laughs> I'm just wondering maybe it's because like Italians also have a very strong like familial yeah. thing. Yeah, that's a good sure. point. And I feel like Asians have a very like strong sense of duty and family stuff. So I feel like mm-hmm. and with Hawaiians, a lot of Hawaiian culture comes from Asia and Chinese and Japanese and Korean people. And so that's also very prevalent in mm-hmm. our culture. I feel like now with a lot more of the advent of k-drama and parasite and the farewell and all these other things coming into the mainstream and people seeing more of this i think you can also see just the level of like family that is there so i maybe that is an asian thing but uh, that's kind of what the vibe it gave me where it was just like oh my uncles like these Mm -hmm. are my uncles like Mm -hmm. they're gonna be your uncles like yeah like uncle makoto they kind of like that vibe where it's just like when you're in you're in you know it's kind of like family yeah it was just kind of like the vibe i got ojichans yeah so that's i kind of call them like the ojichans which is like uncles but it's just ojichan is literally what you call your uncle (laughs) so that's why i was like ojichan uncles but it also just means older man and like you know japanese with a lot of double meaning words anyway they tell them to drive safe and haruka says they'll be okay because Dukakun is driving and she and he says oh, i better be careful like and then it's <laughs> but she always she's she's referenced multiple times i think before that she's like yeah when ruka drives i feel really safe like he's such a good driver so it's been established that he's a very good driver 
Haruka tells them that she'll see them next week and the Ojichans tell Ruka to stop by whenever, even when unannounced, which is really cute. So they go and uh, do you have any observations of, of this interaction other than that it was cute? <laughs> I was only about to say it was really cute. So. Yeah, I feel like I've been listening back to a lot of our episodes and I, I've noticed that I say it's cute a lot. Oh. And I don't know if it's because I've been watching the final season of Schitt's Creek and, you know, I'm in full on Alexis mode or I just I, I just say it a lot because I'm a writer and I, I'm a reader. I should have more of a vocabulary than it's really cute, but. The show gives me its cute vibes. So that's the only way I feel like I can describe it. That it's cute. Especially this. Like I feel like he's meeting like her family. Like this whole scene. I was like, oh, like I'll bring him home to the I was like, this is so special. Also because Ruka just feels like a little baby, so like it's just like, oh. It's so cute. He's like a baby fawn. Like it's not even a puppy point he's like bambi like when yeah, he walks exactly. it's like oh my god he's walking guys and he's, he's not falling over like he left the house he's grown up i'm so proud of him look at his hair it's wet like with <laughs> he's the only one in the house that makes an effort out of the boys you guys like literally precious don't hurt him he cares so much he can't even look at girls in the face when he talks to them. <laughs> oh anyway, the panelists comment that oh, Ruka with Haruka is totally different mm-hmm. from Ruka with any of the other girls in the house. Yeah. Like when they're sitting at dinner and the way he's just like looking at his hat at his food and how he's interacting, the way he's holding himself is very like it's very different. <laughs> He's trying to be more mature, I feel like, when he's with Haruka. Yeah. yeah. Like with Risiko, like, it's very fun and playful. Right. Like, they both show how young they are. He's with Haruka. Like, he's like, I don't know. It's like he tries to act He's a older. man. He ain't he's a, a he's man. not a little boy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hello. <laughs> hello? Who is man over here now? He's a male, but he also kind of, like, I feel like he does take a little bit more of, like, like, not like a power position, but, like, I guess it is kind of a little bit more of a power position when it's Risiko, I feel like, because I feel like he feels a little bit more assertive there. But yeah. I feel like when yeah. he's talking to Haruka, he's just a little bit more observant. Like, he, he steps back a little to kind of, like, like he's more of a man, and I feel like, oh, wow, he's, like, a man. But I feel like in his right. attitude, he might act a little bit more... I feel like in, when he's with Risiko, it's, like, more of a childish way of being, like, masculine... And in this way, he's being more, like, mature masculine, but he's taking his cues from Haruka first, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. As to, it's like, almost like it's, I feel like it's because he, like, really admires her. And so right. he's, like, just, like, taking everything in and, like, being re- really cautious, too, yeah. almost. He's, like, telling himself, don't F this up, dude. You've got one shot. Show his advice. Show he's speaking to him in the back of his mind. Right. <laughs> he's like, it's okay, you got this. Because Haruka is one of those girls where she is kind of like an all or nothing. Not like an all or nothing, but she does make decisions. And when she makes decisions, she's very like, it's hard for her to change her position once she's made one, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like she's very like set and like, when I believe this, I believe this. And unless your argument is fundamentally going to change my core, then I don't, I'm going to believe what I believe. So I feel like he's yeah. just like, I'm going to be careful and like, 
watch what I say. <laughs> yes. And just go go along with everything that she says. <laughs> right, right, right. Just, like, don't yes, make right. any waves. <laughs> if that's a healthy way to start a relationship. But I feel yeah, like when you're young okay. and you admire someone, like, you're not necessarily thinking that way. You're just like, dude, I want them to like me because I like them so much. Yeah. You don't really think about, like, well, can I sustain, like, doing this for the rest of our relationship which is something that i think about haruka asks ruka point blank what he thinks of risiko and is it actually romantic like she said she was going to ask him but she wasn't sure she was going to ask him that point blank because she wasn't sure if it was too abrasive <laughs> but she does it anyway because she's haruka and when she puts yep. her mind to something she's gonna freaking do it so ruka who could have said no or yes or anything really says it's complicated of course it is that's a loaded <laughs> of course that little word mm-hmm. so even though he really does like haruka so much which we have established over and over again <laughs> he still said it's complicated which i think is like super super aware of himself and like amazing that he would say that because it would be so much easier to just be like, no, I don't to like worry about her feelings or like because he is like, don't forget, he is interested in Haruka. So he knows that being like, I don't know, could potentially ruin it for him. Mm-hmm. But he chooses right. to be honest and say it's complicated because he's right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It is freaking complicated. <laughs> Not just because. He's interested in these people. They're kind of interested in him. They don't really know where they stand, but they also live together and are on a reality show, which they watch five weeks in real time after it happens, which we will see later today, which is the first week they watch their own selves on TV. So it's complicated. Yeah, I just, I think Ruka generally doesn't really know. Like, I think he. I think he's still feeling things out. Yes. Yeah. I think he's he doesn't want to be too quick to jump to anything. I think right. he's still trying yeah. to feel put the feelers that's, out. That's the whole thing with Ruka. Like throughout his time on the series, like he's just figuring himself out. He's figuring out who he's interested in. He's figuring out what he wants to do for a career. And so like all of those things are like being shown in these little moments like this where he's like, hmm, it's complicated. Yeah. Because it is. Like, he still hasn't figured it all out yet. Mm -hmm. It really speaks to his character, though. Because usually, from my experience, knowing myself and other people who are just, quote, trying to figure it out, usually when you're in it, you don't always have the self-awareness to be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Because in the moment, yeah. if it's true to you in that moment, most people would be defensive or be like, no, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he can pull back and like have the foresight to be like, in the future, I don't know how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. And it might change. Right. So I'm going to be honest, really honest with you and myself to say, I'm not really sure because it is complicated mm-hmm. and it, it wouldn't be fair to me or to you or to her or to anyone really for me to just say something rash or whatever is right. easiest or what you want to hear because I want to please you or I want you to like me because I still really like you and I want you to like me, but I want you to like me not because I conned you or tried to manipulate you to do that. I just want to be real and I'm going to be honest. Right. 
And I think that that shows, even though we're we're like, oh, he's so cute, he's a cinnamon roll, he's so much to grow, he's somewhere so much more to grow. You can't teach that. That's fundamentally, like that's really hard to teach. Like people go to therapy for years and don't learn that yet. So right. I mean, the fact that he is. 20 and he hasn't really dated yet he doesn't really hasn't really gotten out much and he has this level of awareness I really hope he's able to keep that because that will get him really far and I feel like that that you see that throughout his journey on this series like you see that that this this magic of who he is the his ability of being able to be present and self-aware in this way I think is what really helps him on his journey and right and a lot of places where people could get defensive or could be like, well, yeah, I want you to like me. Like, and to be selfish and self-serving, he's still very much true to the experience and trying to be as fair and considerate as possible while he finds himself, which is very tough to do. Cause like most of the time when you're finding yourself, you're just trying to find yourself. And if people get hurt along the way, they get hurt and you have to make amends. But like, most people, they do it that way. They don't do it Ruka's way. They don't do it the exception. I feel like he's the exception to the rule. And it's he's going to make mistakes. But, like, the fact that he's trying off the bat to, like, be aware, I think, is really cool. That's just yes. what I think. <laughs> Chronicles of Ruka. <laughs> I know, right? He's just so, it's so oh, fascinating. He is, like, a very yeah. good case study in, like, humans. I, I don't know. He's just so fascinating to me. Okay, so Haruka then asks Ruka, like, do you want to fall in love in the house? And Ruka <laughs> asks Haruka if she wants to fall in love in the house. She doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> initially respond. He answers her question with a question. And his question is, what about you? <laughs> and she says, I think so. Because uh, she says that she thinks that because they live together... She believes in, in Terrace House, just not, not just, she's not, I, I didn't mean like her and Ruka specifically, even though he is involved in, in her theory. She says, theoretically, that because everyone in the house lives together, she thinks that it's more likely for them to genuinely fall in love over other situations. Because seeing someone seven times a week and living with them versus only seeing someone one to two times a week makes a huge difference in developing bonds and relationships with people. Haruka says, quote, you get to know more about them, discover their good sides. I feel like I'm getting a great picture of the housemates, of who the housemates really are. If you were to date someone here, you'd really get to know who they were, which I think is pretty fair. Mm -hmm. So my question yeah. to you guys is, do you think what Haruka says is true? And is it more likely to genuinely for someone to genuinely fall in love with someone else if you were to spend seven weeks a week with them as opposed to seeing them once or twice a week? I do, <laughs> because I feel like you get to see more sides of someone quicker. Like, I think in a month of seeing someone seven times a week, you get to get you get to know someone way quicker than, say, a few times a week over like a six month span, if right. that makes any sense. Like, I think everything is just escalated because you get to see how they live, how they get along with other people, you know, how they are when they're not on. I feel like a lot of times when people go mm -hmm. on dates, you have a certain mindset or you have a certain way that you present yourself. When you're living with someone, that's not always the case. And right, so I right. feel like if you are to fall in love or even 
not like someone. I think it goes the reverse. Right. I think you can also start out by liking someone, see someone, you know, 24 seven and then realize you don't like them. So I think, I think the same, the same thing kind of happens both ways. So I agree with her on this. Yeah. You already yeah. answered the second part of my question. <laughs> what do you think, Jesse? I was going to say, I think that that's kind of like why it's almost the norm now for like couples to start living together before they're married. Like that used to like not be a thing. Like in our, mm-hmm. like when our parents were getting together and stuff, like that was not a thing, at least not for my parents. Um, oh my God. And like, Same. now it's like such a normal thing because like, it's important to like live together and like see if you mesh well, because there's that chance that like you might not mesh well if you're with each other all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely agree with Haruka on this point. Yeah, same. I think it's really interesting because I feel like especially in Japan, there's always been this thing about living with people versus marrying them and whether or not living with them first is a good idea or not or, you know, like especially with women too where we're in Japan, we were I was very much taught in school like people don't want to buy the cow if they get the milk for free. So don't f- people. Honestly, it's it's just Yeah. It's very prevalent. So then it's like, well, if you live together, what I mean, what are you thinking? Like it's it literally they won't marry you. It's like what they tell you. So especially in Japan where it's still very like much expected that you get to you get you quit your job when you get married and they give you I mean, it's called kotobuki taisha, which is like called celebratory celebratory leaving or quitting or leaving basically where it they give you like a bonus to leave mm-hmm. because you're married <laughs> yeah it's part of the culture so that's kind of where you were coming from in all this and terrace house becoming popular has also changed a lot of that for japan like and has really kind of opened people's eyes to i think personally this is what my own opinion of how i interpret you know the way that society has changed and some of pop culture and just even conversations with my own family have changed is that a lot more people are a lot more accepting of living with each other for a bit first because they see how it really does affect how you can live with someone because it does become this thing like especially if you're watching now and down the line when we do discuss these the episodes that are airing now there are people who enter this house who say I've never lived with someone from the opposite sex before or I've never lived with anyone period I mean this is also something that I've noticed on the there's a reality show on Netflix right now called Love is Blind which is amazing and you should watch it so freaking good the finale is coming out at midnight tonight and it's the i do's whether or not they decide that after four weeks they're going to get married to someone they got without ever seeing them once oh my god you guys the show incredible (laughs) 10 episodes I don't want to take up too much of your time talking about, I kid you not, I got my Twitter DM group where it's called hashtag Vandercrawl because we became friends because we're all into Star Wars and on Star various Star Wars podcasts. And we discovered through mining each other's tweets that we all are obsessed with Vanderpump Rules and reality and like <laughs> Housewives. And so in our DMs, we talk about Bravo shows and like trash reality and Star Wars and basically when the show came on I tweeted them and I was like hi guys are we watching this Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey produced like train wreck 
or not. It's a three week limited series event. And then I started <laughs> watching it and I was like, you have to watch this. This is insane. And now they're all obsessed. But anyway, they talk about this on that show too, where there are these members that where they like they've gotten engaged to someone they've never even seen before. And then they move they part of the show is that they like decide to transition if this is going to work into the physical and then if they can move in together and if their lives will blend and then if they get married and then they introduce each other to families, et cetera. So part of this is they get an apartment in the same building, all the couples who end up getting engaged and they live in this apartment building together until they decide if they're going to get married or not. And some of these women have never lived with a man before and they're about to get married to this man <laughs> that they've only known like for three weeks and they're like I've never even lived with a man before I don't know if I can do this so a huge thing is whether or not they can relinquish this independence or their other apartment or suddenly in the course of four weeks like be married and living with someone when they've never even lived with anyone in their whole life so oh I feel like That's it is scary. a very important part of whether or not you can do something with someone to like know if your lives work together because it's like right. this is this has broken up so many of my friends, like to a couple of my friends, they were so perfect for each other. It took them like a year to, for date to date. And obviously I'm not in their relationship. I don't know all of the ins and outs of what was good and what was bad. They were both equally my friends and then they both liked each other. And I don't usually help my friends get together, even if they really like each other. But for some reason I helped like facilitate this connection for over a year. They were both kind of into each other. And after a year, they finally got together. But then when they started, like, living together, there were all these problems. Mm -hmm. And it was like, he never picks up his wet towels off the floor. And then Ugh. when I try to put them away, he gets mad at me for picking up his stuff and cleaning because I'm not his mother. It was this whole thing. She's super type A. And she was like, he leaves dirty bowls around and they get moldy. And I was like, that was the problem. And that's and, and there's also mm -hmm. a lot of other problems. But fundamentally, they were different people and they couldn't get past right. that. And so regardless of how much love there is, if you can't physically live with someone, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I think that's also what Caitlin was saying, which is like when you start living with someone, it really accelerates that timeline of really finding out if you can fall in love with this person. But it also accelerates that timeline of like, I can't live with you. Yeah. Like, unless you make <laughs> changes, we can't sustain this relationship. Yeah. So that also does really play into it. And it's like, is love enough but then it's also like well it, sometimes it shouldn't just be enough for one person it's like if love if love really matters to you then is it, do you love this person enough to pick up your dirty towels and change your behavior that's right yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> oh that's it's deep deep stuff but then it makes sense i feel like this also comes into play too because then it's like later because this happens a lot in the house where they do these these housemates, they live together, they fall in love, they spend all their time together. And then it's almost like these relationships, these relationships get Benjamin buttoned where they start by living together. And then when they graduate from the house, once they, you know, are happy and they're officially together now, then they usually graduate together and then they break up because they're like, can't see each other no. anymore. Now they're famous or like, like now they're in the car. So then they like don't have as much time to see each other anymore because they're not living together. And then it's like, okay, bye. And then we <sighs> have heart-wrenching breakups that none of us terrace house lovers can come back from because we're like don't break my heart 
guys. I'm still sad yeah. about so many of the breakups. No, oh and we're gosh. not going to talk about them here because nope. we can't. Nope. We can't. But I will. <laughs> I can't even talk about the ones that are still happening. Ah, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. spoil me. Uh, no spoilers. <sighs> so frustrating. Everyone <laughs> needs to just watch all of the shows. Yes. Now. Anyway. Join us in our misery. <laughs> Yeah, I guess once we finally get through this season and like couples start happening and if any of them break up, then we can commiserate. But at this point, there's nothing that ha- or has happened yet. Now we go into the first ever viewing of Terrace House in the playroom. So the event that I have been saying was going to happen this entire time has finally mm. happened. And all of the awkward beauty is... Ugh on screen for us to ingest cringe, cringe I do not know how they sit down to watch these episodes together I'm like how do you do this there is no way I would want to like if I was I there oh my uh, god I'd be so embarrassed yeah they're yeah. as, as uh, the, the when they watch this together usually is only the first few times that they do it like this all together because then it starts getting cringier and cringier and then when people start remembering things they said then they decide they don't want to watch it with the other people they talked about. So yeah, yeah. then they start watching it alone. And then it starts getting super uncomfortable when you see scenes of them watching themselves like in a very questionable scene. And then the way they were, oh, God, it's just so good. Um, like, for yeah. example, <laughs> the moment that they all confess their first impression crushes <laughs> and Haruka crumbles into Kaori and is just like let me disappear right now <laughs> when they show her facial expression but the thing is like you also have to remember like it's been five weeks at this point this is episode six we mm-hmm. started episode one they're watching episode one now in week six so Yes, the Haruka said she was. She thinks Ruka's cute, and that's true. <laughs> and like, yes, Ruka thinks that Haruka's cute. But then we find out after everyone, all the boys leave because they can't handle it. <laughs> they're like, "I'm gonna go smoke," and then they're yeah. like, "Me too," and then they all leave. <laughs> then the girls stay behind, and we find out that they're not all at the same place they were <laughs> when this episode <laughs> happened. But the boys go away and start talking, and they're completely under the impression that the girls are still where they say they are. So (laughs) now there's a lot of confusion on who likes people and who likes who, because at this point, before the girls sit down, Haruka said she likes Ruka. Ruka said that he likes Haruka, which is still true for Ruka. And then they show Shohei and Kaori, and then the girls comment on how... Kaori never actually mentioned at all who she's into. She just kind of was like, yeah, he's cute, when the other girls say they like someone or whatever. So they the girls call out Kaori, and they're like, you're very <laughs> abusive. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you always never answer. And she's just like, oh, do I? I thought I answered. <laughs> and then she says, I'm really into Shohei. So, I mean, kind of works out. It's kind of hard to tell if, like, Corey really wasn't sharing because she wasn't sharing. Or she was just like, no, I thought I was sharing. Cause she, or she was just like, you guys don't ask because you're always talking about yourself. Yeah. I think it's mostly oh, correct in the, in the ending. Because they really yeah. don't ask. So, it's like, mm-hmm. why do you expect... You shouldn't complain about Corey not, like, openly sharing things if she's not someone who volunteers information. Like... 
you know, like maybe the other two are who just kind of start talking about themselves sometimes. So I think it's totally okay that she's kind of, because it does seem like Kari is an introvert. So I feel like she yeah. was kind of like, you didn't ask. So that's why I didn't tell you. <laughs> um, but anyway, they call her out. And she says she's still most intrigued by Shohei. And this leads to the girls having a heart-to-heart about the boys and who they all have their eye on. Corey's into Shohei. Risiko says she's most at home around Kenny. And she looks forward to coming home to him the most. Risiko asks Haruka if she still finds Haruka cute. And Haruka says, I do. But Haruka also lays her cards down and says she's also currently the most romantically interested in Kenny, not Ruka. Which what? isn't technically news to us but is very much news to Risiko (laughs) (laughs) no Haruka made me mad with that comment I know I was like he's so boring we couldn't talk over anything of burgers (laughs) blah 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 you know it's like what are you talking about girl yeah yeah I mean because it's not like she hasn't said this in the past and all episode did she mention this earlier in the episode or did she just start mentioning it after the episode to quad- quantify her response? I can't remember. I watched this episode like five times yesterday. She didn't really say anything like earlier in the episode. Like it was like in that moment, which I mean like earlier, like episodes ago, she had talked about how she yeah, thought like, like Kenny was cute episode. and was interested. But then after that date, it seemed like she wasn't. Yeah. Because I remember her saying something like, Oh, like I said hello to him today. Yeah. Because she was like, oh, it's getting easier to talk to him. Like, I said good morning to him. Right. But she didn't necessarily say she was into him, per se. So it was just kind of like, like, I get you were kind of into him before you were into Ruka, but then you switched. So it's like, but then again, it's not like you were 100% always into him either. And I get that it's changeable. But it's also very, like, flip-floppy. And, like, for someone who yeah. complains about Shohei being super wishy-washy in terms of work, it's like, well, maybe you should be looking at yourself in terms of romance. Because yeah. it's pretty oh, man. And, like, the whole episode when she was, like, asking Shohei, you know, about Ruka and Risiko. And then asking Ruka. Like, she seemed, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. fishy to me. Yeah, like yeah. when she was, it's like, well, if you like Kenny, then why are you so concerned about who Ruka likes? Her? Exactly, exactly. Unless, like I, unless there's stuff that we like haven't seen, right? On days Which that is weren't true. recorded, you know? Yeah, technically, it's true. The show only records on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then they record on separate days for dates if they're planned. But they mm-hmm. don't record all day every day, like Vanderpump or anyone else. That's true. They so pretty we don't much have everything. set dates. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of the time. Even in past seasons, things will happen off screen and then they'll get referenced like when they have a talk and they sit down and then they'll recap it, kind of like we're recapping, and then they'll mm-hmm. discuss what's going on. So they kind of do have to orient us if things happen behind the scenes. And they do live together. So yeah. like, you know, right. Haruka being like, well, today I got to talk to him. I get that because sometimes like out of nowhere, you'll be like, I'm kind of like noticing him a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's that she doesn't even notice that she's noticing him. Until she's right. asked, like, you know what? Actually, I've been noticing him a lot lately. And, like, maybe that means something. Because I'm yeah. one of those people who also believes that every, like, a lot of things mean things. Mm-hmm. And maybe Not just did take a few days, you know. Yeah, maybe it well. took a, a while. But I don't know. It, it, But it does seem pretty wishy-washy. Give her uh, the benefit maybe of it, doubt this Maybe time. it took the Sako thing that she liked him for her to be like, oh, 
I like him too. And I just realized Wait, that or like, something. I'm not ready. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure if I don't 100% dislike him. Because, like, Haruka yeah. could have just been like, you know, maybe I was quick to judge him. Like, maybe I didn't give him enough of an opportunity after one dinner to be like, he's boring. Yeah. Because yeah. maybe he wasn't as boring as I thought. I, I feel like we have to find out more about their interaction because we haven't really seen Kenny and Haruka interact at all right. since mm-hmm. their quote boring date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Kenny and Risiko either. Really seem like all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like boom. Yeah. I like Kenny actually. So especially with all the things that we've heard about with Haruka tending to be like, oh, I like I like her things because she thinks that it's pretty and shiny. So maybe I do like that. So like <laughs> if we didn't know that about her and she didn't tell us like, oh, I've in the past tended to like people if they're already in a relationship or if someone else likes them, then I wouldn't be like, hmm. But because she told us that, it makes me go, hmm. Hmm, do you like him? Or do yeah. you just, because Risa go likes him. And she also right, said that right. she only tends to like, I don't know, this, oh, this was later on. I'm jumping ahead. But yeah. when she, she was like. mentioned later that she's, yeah, that she's never actually liked other other people's things. Yeah. Right. Or like, or no, she's. Yeah, or she says that like she only likes people when she knows that they like her first. Right. Right. Like that also kind of raised a flag mm-hmm. to me. Where I was like, I wait, red what? flag. Yeah, I was like, Maruka mm. seems lots of red flags there. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It makes me yeah. sad because I really kind of like her, but it especially now yeah. too. Like it's I like her a lot, so it sucks because I'm just like. Girl, I like you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, why? <laughs> when it comes to relationships, I think you have a lot more growing to do. Yeah. But maybe it's just because I find a lot of myself in her. Like, in terms of, like, what she said in her past relationship. Like, the past relationship she was in before this for, like, four years, I guess, didn't work out because she realized that she really liked him. But then they became more, like, friends. And that's happened mm-hmm. to me. Like, most of my relationships kind of tend to end up that way mm-hmm. so I feel like I get that a lot so maybe I just feel like a kinship with her but I don't really like I don't, I don't really like other people's things like I and I if I like someone like I really only see them like I other people kind of disappear so even if someone's attractive I can be like oh yeah they're aesthetically pleasing but I don't really like think they're like hot or anything if that makes sense like i'm not like oh he's attractive i'm just like oh yeah he's i mean yeah he could be a model like it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't really care as much but then when i start noticing other people then i'm like okay something's wrong in my relationship and then usually i sit down that's what's wrong with my relationship and then i'm like okay i probably don't like this person anymore or like there's a problem because like in the past in my relationships like that's usually been the case where I've been like hmm. and then I've been like wait why do I find this other person attractive and um, that usually is like a sign for me so they basically kind of discuss this in the room and then while Corey and oh, and then after this so basically like Corey they all split apart Corey and Haruka kind of have a conversation which is what Uh, Caitlin is referencing which we'll discuss and then also Risiko and Shohei kind of have a heart-to-heart on the sofa at a separate time about the whole Kenny of it all and they both separately kind of you kind of get to see where each of the girls are at in terms of how they feel about Kenny and like whether or not it has anything to do with the other person (laughs) 
I don't know. <laughs> because they both kind of like Ruka and they both kind of like Kenny. So they're both very <laughs> in tune. Like I they're just yeah. they're I think they're just a lot more similar than they care to admit. And yeah, yeah. they're just very different too. But the crux of the matter is uh Risiko reveals she only cares about Ruka as a friend. And it's Kenny that makes her go heart go pitter patter. She says that she cares about Ruka's well being and whether or not he's had a good uh, good day. And she cares about how he's feeling and if he's having a good time. But she doesn't necessarily want to confide in him about things that trouble her or keep her up at night. And that she tends to usually want to confide more things about herself to people that she's into romantically. So the fact that she doesn't feel like she wants to do that with Ruka. But she wants to do that with Kenny to her makes her in her mind understand in her own way that she loves Ruka, but she's not in love with Ruka, if that makes sense. But Kenny is the easiest to talk to. And whenever she has something serious on her mind, she wants to talk to Kenny. Quote, to put it simply, I wish Ruka was a bit more mature or could hang out when I wanted to drink. Maybe then I could see him as a potential partner. He feels like something I'd want to hang out with only during the daytime. So basically, Risiko says she likes Kenny. And then Haruka, on the other hand, with Kaori, says that she really likes Kenny. And she she says this to Shohei, too, I think, on the roof, where she's like, I don't like, I don't usually like things that other people like. And if I know that other people like someone, I, I don't try to like that person. Or, like, she takes that into account. Or she is yeah, saying. where, like, she does take into account other people's opinions. Like, it's not right. just, like, a one-sided viewpoint. Yeah, so then basically, like, she's on her side being like, it's not to do with Riseko. It sounds, to be frank, slightly defensive. But even aside from that, what really interested me on what Riseko had to say about Kenny and Ruka and this whole concept of Ruka being someone she only wants to hang out with, quote, during the daytime, which is something I've heard of before. Do you feel like that's an accurate barometer of, like, whether or not you are interested in someone romantically or not like do you think that it's it's a good way to assess if you really are interested in them like if you want to hang out with them at night or daytime or if it's like i really only want to hang out with you during the daytime jesse that's such a hard question (laughs) caitlin (laughs) i know i'm still thinking i I know i'm like "Hmm." the way you worded this question too is really interesting so yeah I feel like there's a lot of ways to discuss this question. Like, for example, when when you're picking a date and you're like, okay, you're like trying to decide what you're going to do with someone, like whether or not you say, let's go to dinner or let's have lunch or let's get coffee or tea or let's get brunch or, you know, like let's go to a movie at night. Or let's mm. go to a matinee. Like, the activity that you do, like, or let's, you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. like, because I feel like sometimes there is, if you do meet with someone at nighttime, there is a connotation of, okay, well, what are we going to do after this? Yeah. You know? Mm. Whereas if it's during the daytime, if you're hanging out and you're, like, going to grab brunch, you know what I mean? It's not really, like, you, it, it might be more likely for you to only hang out for the brunch. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to meet for dinner, 
you might go get a drink after or you might go do something after, you know, mm. and there's yeah. potential to like do more or I mean, there's potential to do more during the day, too. But like, do you designate like are you a person who designates like does it matter to you whether or not you hang out during the daytime or at the nighttime? Because I feel like there's two ways about this for me. Should I answer first? Yeah, <laughs> do you, you want to answer, answer first. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I try to ask you guys first so that I don't just like answer my own question. <laughs> but like if, it, if the question's kind of complicated, it might help if I answer it first. Hmm. Because I feel like it might be different for girls or for boys. I mean, sometimes I was like growing up, especially in Japan too, I was told like really be careful. Like if someone asks you for dinner and you're not 100% sure about how you like them or if you're not 100% interested in them romantically, but you think they might be then you should probably say let's go for lunch instead of dinner because if you get put in a situation where they for example like want to drive you home or do something then it might be harder for you to make an excuse to get away like it's really sad that like every encounter or possible date has to like have a preparation of like what to do to get out if you want to get out but like as a woman you do have to prepare yourself for that and I think maybe someone like me a little bit more so than someone else because I have had sexual trauma in my life so like I have been in a situation where I felt unsafe so I am a little bit more careful about worrying about stuff like that and also like I guess it is something that you kind of have to discuss but I don't know daytime versus nighttime I feel like daytime dates are less there's less pressure mm-hmm. for me anyway. But then for on the other front, there are people that like, for example, for me, that I don't want to hang out with during the daytime. And I will only hang out with at nighttime because I'm like, I don't really, I feel like a relationship is really physical. And I, I don't think there's anything more than that. And I don't really want to talk to you. No offense. Like, <laughs> if anything, for me, it's like the opposite. <laughs> it's like, do I want to hang out with you during the daytime? Like, I don't know if you're that type of person for me. Like. <laughs> So I feel like there's both ways, but I do kind of get it, like, in a sense where if, if it's, like, a person you're just, like, only want to hang out during the daytime and you don't want to see them at nighttime, what she's basically saying is I, I'm not, I don't see you as someone I would have sex with, is kind of how I read it. But <laughs> uh, maybe gotcha. my mind's just the gutter. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I could technically have sex during, have sex during the day but I, I don't really think it's really about that either but I just feel like there's that extra layer of it when she's talking to Shohei yeah. <laughs> and it's like a romance so you do have to talk about it and I feel like that's part of it though because she's saying that Ruka is she wants him to be more mature so she mm-hmm. only hangs out with him during the daytime so to mm-hmm. me like all of the things she's saying is like I don't see him as a romantic interest because I can't picture myself hanging out with him at night which yeah. also means I can't picture myself having sex with him yeah she right. seems like, more maybe, platonically yeah but like I don't yeah, see that, that. yeah it's really weird for me to like talk about I have this really weird I feel like with Terrace House they do talk a lot of more about sex in general but like as someone who grew up in Tokyo and like we really haven't we don't really talk about sex openly like there are a lot of jokes that are dirty and like comedians make a lot of dirty jokes and especially like you see like Yamachan and Tokusan and all of them are like, like talking about how everyone's a a DT or which is dote or virgin and they like call each other that like that's just comedy 
But right. when it comes to being frank about talking about sex in this way, in a real way, is not very normal or mm-hmm. of norm. So it's kind of cool because this is one of the shows where people actually do talk about that stuff. Right. I get a bit more mainstream stuff with it because it's so rare to see it this frankly and this open. But I feel like that's kind of what it is. That was just me. But I thought I thought it was really interesting because I never really thought about it in the way that she presented that. Like Yeah, me either. During the daytime. Like I when I sit and think about it, I'm like, well yeah, what she's saying makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But like I've never thought about it in that way. And even the way that you put it, too, uh, even just had me thinking. I was like, do I have a difference? And I feel like now that I've thought about it, I do. I feel like I'm someone, because I tend to be more interested in dating people that I'm already friends with, I feel like I'm someone that would rather like date hang out in the daytime like I'm someone that would much rather go for coffee or for brunch or mm-hmm. like hang out because like I, I lived in San Diego like I it, going to the beach like casual like beach day is like what is like what you do so like that okay. is just like a normal like casual daytime thing while going out to dinner is like more serious and you know you dress up more and things like that I feel like I was more likely to lean towards the casual daytime yeah thing until Mm. I know someone better to bring that to like a dinner date right sense you have to be like really secure in the relationship before it's like the nighttime (laughs) yeah yeah I feel like for me it's like a transition like if I say yes to a dinner date it's more like then you know like okay like (laughs) yeah yeah I'm thinking more like like, romantically yeah but it's also like I feel like I prefer to have a date that has an activity as yeah. opposed to like a dinner. Yeah. Which is like just so boring. I hate <laughs> small talk. I'm yeah. so bad yeah. at it. I hate it so much. Me too. I'm one of those people that wants to like fast forward five years into a relationship and start there. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. want to deal with all someone. the bullshit yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. I want to just be like, yeah. I'm good. We like to watch the same shows at home. Yeah. We go do dates sometimes. Like go to the, the aquarium or like whatever. You know, go to the movies. Want I don't need to like sit down and go to dinner with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so boring. I'd rather like do something that because if it's boring, then at least we can play golf or like mini golf or like right. do something. Like, and I don't have to feel like I'm just waiting for the minutes to count down. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but I also like I feel like the most fun dates I've ever been on. I haven't really. To be honest, I haven't really been on that many dates, which I feel like ex- is very obvious by the fact that I'm always like, well, yeah, I'm always like, I always hang out with boys at night, <laughs> hint, hint. But the best dates I've been on were like day dates where it was mm-hmm. like we went to a bookstore and then we went to a comic book store and then we went or we went thrifting or like, just, it, like and they all, all of my favorite dates were not expensive. Mm-hmm. They were literally us like going for a walk and like sitting literally in like a lawn of a high school just talking at like two o'clock in the morning in Hollywood like random like just doesn't really need to be a huge thing which like if someone wants to like come down on like a bachelor type situation date like great not saying if someone wants to do that like more than welcome to try I'd love to experience someone cares about me enough to do that that would be amazing but also like you know i don't need the, the production instagram is <laughs> <laughs> right 
pay attention until the end of the episode and you can find out. Uh, But I mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be this huge thing where you like ordered 20,000 different fireworks to be shot up in the sky and spell my name out and tell me you love me. Like, I don't need that. But I get what she means where she's just like, it's the thought that counts. It's it's like the thought of like you knowing what I'm interested in or trying to get to know what I'm interested. It's really not hard. There's such a thing as social media and you, me, and the three of us are on it a lot. (laughs) So it's hard for people to like literally do two seconds of research to know that we like Harry Potter or (laughs) Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children or... Captain Marvel, literally very easy, like very easy. So, you know, it's really not that hard. So I just feel like it, the world has gotten so much easier and more convenient, and it has made people lazier because now they're like, "Oh, what do you like?" It's like literally look me up on Instagram. We're friends. Not hard. Yeah. Last but not least, I feel like the most important thing we need to discuss after this entire episode of dancing around this love triangle is the moment (laughs) this love triangle actually goes to bat, I guess, or like breaks down on screen, which happens Mm -hmm. kind of in this, we've already referenced the girls room talk, but it happens in like a three acts, (laughs) three act play of Kenny Ruka and, and and Risico, which she's like probably come up with a Shakespearean name for this threesome. So first it starts at the dinner table with Shohei making curry in the kitchen, as per usual, him and his curry. And Ruka and Haruka and Kaori are sitting at the dining room table. Shohei starts off by promising everyone he will feed them the best curry in the entire world. Dude is very confident about his curry-making skills. And cinnamon roll baby Ruka says the curry itself is a little too spicy for him. <laughs> During the dinner talk, Kori Googles curry by mistake because they keep talking about curry. So I've definitely done that before, too. I've done Me that. too. Me too. So times. All the time. When I'm typing, oh. if I'm on the phone and I'm texting someone, like I or I'm DMing someone, I almost always dm someone or text someone what i'm listening to or talking about on the phone i do too and i'm like wait (laughs) sometimes it it happens so much to the point where i literally have to tell one person or the other usually the person on the phone i'm like dude i need to send a text can you pause for like three minutes while i send this (laughs) and then i'm just like just literally be quiet or i'll and i'm I'm like i'll mute myself i'm still here i'm just gonna mute myself (laughs) for three minutes i'm like like, okay i'm done because i sometimes i'm like it's too much and then i'm like who knows what i'll type (laughs) Right. And sometimes if you're talking about something kind of like private or like ridiculous on one conversation, you're like, I want to make sure I'm not, I need to stop because I can't tell the other person what I'm talking about. TMI. <laughs> uh, Ooh, we find out that Kenny's birthday is June 2nd, so he is a Gemini. Hello, Gemini. Gemini. I don't know how I feel about him being the same astrology as me. But anyway. <laughs> It makes sense because a lot of Gemini people are like musicians or performers or in creative, creative things. Mm -hmm. I still think that Mm -hmm. it's very possible that Shohei is a Gemini, but I guess we'll find out. Oh, Risiko asks Kenny when he's free the next day and they make plans to go to a cafe. By the way, speaking of this, this reminded me earlier on in the episode, like at the very beginning of the episode, there's also a moment with Risiko and Haruka and Ruka. 
I feel like, yes, uh, where it made me think that not all of this Risiko and, and Haruka tension is Haruka-based. Risiko is also mm-hmm. doing this very consciously. Like, at the beginning of yeah. the episode, she at, while Haruka, her, and, and Ruka are at the dining table, Risiko makes it a point to ask Ruka, hey, when are you free next? I want you to go teach me how to skateboard. Like, oh, let's yeah, go yeah. to the park. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, yeah, 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 let's go. So then Haruka's like, what the f-? yeah. And then <laughs> later on, right now, Risiko also sees Haruka at the same dining table as her and then asks Kenny, when should we go hang out next? Mm-hmm. She brings up the conversation yeah. in front of Haruka and yeah. throws it in her face. So yeah. we were kind of a little tough on her Haruka earlier, which she deserves, and I think it's fair. But I think it's also fair to put Risiko on the spot because what she's doing doesn't seem like it's unintentional to yeah. me anyway. It seems yeah. very intentional. Like she's, I feel like she's also like, she, because she's very much able to watch the YouTube video interviews. So she could have watched what Haruka said as well. So, like, she could have been like, right. oh, well, maybe I'll, I watched that and I know she can be like that. So, you know, maybe I'm just trying to like right. be offensive. And yeah, maybe that's stir the pot. <laughs> you never know. Like, you can't, they both can be equally involved. So I just want to, yeah. you know, uh-huh. be fair because. Risiko is also throw, kind of doing that in her face. So even if she's not doing it intentionally, like if I was in Haruka's standpoint and I was kind of interested in like two guys and then this other girl was also kind of interested in two guys and like she could very much just ask him or text him away from her, not in her face, like, oh, hey, like yeah, when she yeah. go? It's really not that hard. But she's doing it right. in front of her face both times with both guys, yeah. which I feel like is kind of like, hey, I'm doing this. And I just, I don't know. It would annoy me if it was me. I don't know. Yeah. But that's just me. Anyway, she asks Kenny <laughs> when their plans are. So they plan to go to Hawaiian style cafe for lunch, which originally I thought that they were planning to make a dinner for the house, which is what they agreed upon. But now suddenly mm-hmm. it plans for them to go to dinner at a Hawaii cafe, the two of them. So that's a thing. And he chokes on his drink because uh, the panelists on audio are like, suddenly he's become very, very popular and all the girls want to date him and he can't handle it. So he's choking. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I was like, I think he's just joking. Not because he's being popular. <laughs> Haruka takes a sip of Kenny's drink. Ooh, this whole thing. Which and I thought of Kenny. you, Michelle. You had this. In, as soon as she reached for the glass, I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> and it was just me. The panelists were freaking out, especially Yamachan, because we know this topic is a Yamachan thing. Like this is the rock he will die on till the end. He is like, no, concepts kiss. The non-contact kiss is important, <laughs> and it's a thing. It's a very big in Japanese culture. So when these girls and these boys are sharing their drink with each other, they know what they're doing because this is very Ooh. prevalent. Watch, we've read manga where this is a topic. We've watched dramas <laughs> and movies, and like, like our to all the boys I've loved before in Japan, like our rom coms. Those moments, like you know how in to all the boys I loved before, they had the pocket spin where he puts mm-hmm. her finger and. Uh, Jean's pocket and then twirls her around and then hugs her and kisses her or whatever and they're like it's 16 candles the Japanese version of that is this kiss thing I feel like 
to me. It's just this like big thing where it's just like, oh my god, they kissed, but they didn't kiss. Oh my god, ah, what does this mean? Let's down for three hours and twelve <laughs> conversations and for two weeks. This is all we're gonna talk about in high school. <laughs> and all DMs are gonna be oh, what is it's literally like insane but uh, because to most guys they'll be like i just gave you a sip of my drink and then all the right. people are like that's mean um, <laughs> but that's literally like japan and that's yamachan for you so that and this show is a japanese show so that's why we're talking about it but yes they share the drink and the camera zooms in on her lips as this editing is just always on point and there you have it so yeah that was very intimate yeah. can we talk about the fact that Kenny felt like he was so into, I can't pronounce her name correctly, Co- Corey. She, he he felt, it felt like he was so into her at the table. He was like, oh, you got a haircut. Oh, what are oh you doing God. with this molesting thing? I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Honestly, I, I really, it's so bizarre to me because to me, I feel like him, to me, I feel like Corey and Kenny has the most chemistry with Corey. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah. I feel like Corey and Kenny have more chemistry than Corey and Shohei. I agree. Like yeah. someone who's very like has BP, which is big porn star energy. He's very like he has no chemistry with anyone. Like uh-uh. no one. Like even with Corey, like it's just I don't feel like there's any chemistry. But the thing uh-huh. is, no, he no. himself, I feel like when he's sitting alone in a shot, he's like literally oozing pheromones. Like I feel like I can see his aura just like oozing pheromones like Pepe Le Pew or something in that cartoon where he has that like cartoon aura of like a pink thing of like hearts whenever he sees that other cat or skunk or whatever and he's like I'm in love (laughs) or that time that dog sees Jessica Rabbit and who framed Roger oh Roger Rabbit that dog I can't believe I just said that That's the energy Shohei has, like, in general. So, like, when he's with the other girls in this house, it just feels like it reads dead to me. Especially because he's an actor. Mm. And I'm just like, where is the on-screen chemistry, man? Where is <laughs> and I feel like he's a very sensual person. I don't know why yeah. I feel that way. I, well, it's kind probably- of that vibe off. I always felt that way from the beginning that he was very like, I feel like I get that with Kai too, but that's a future person that we don't know about yet. So I'm not gonna talk <laughs> here just because Jesse and I are ahead and I'm not going to do yes. that. Anyway. Okay. The sip of the drink, they go to the girl's room. Oh, right. And this point, Kenny says he wants to go drink on the roof. Risa Ko and Shohei agree and go with him. And then Kari and Haruka go to the girls' room and talk. And so at this point, Hari asks Haruka point blank if Haruka would be able to ask Kenny out if Risa Ko wasn't around. Haruka asks Kaori if she'll go up to the roof with her so that Haruka can ask Kenny out right now. Oh, and then they talk about Shohei practicing golf. And Kaori shows a little bit of her softer side. And she says that she is not as unaffected as people think she is and she actually has emotions because when Shohei came back before Shohei went on the date or the golf date with a Haruka and then after he came back he never really was into golf because he'd never really played before and after they came back from golf he's been practicing his putting like ever since so Mm -hmm. said that to her 
it's just kind of like it made her question like is he into it because he's really into golf now or is he into it because he's trying to impress Haruka and he really likes her so she kind of opens up to him and she's just like I don't know what I should do and then go but then she's like if you are into him like you can pursue him it's fine and then after that Haruka's like well I'm gonna go up to the roof and so at first when I first watched it I was like wait are you trying to ask out Shohei now I'm confused <laughs> then she went and asked Kenny and I was like oh okay got it but then you actually get to the roof deck I hope that wasn't too confusing and it didn't confuse you because they get up to the roof deck Kaori and Haruka to, so Haruka can ask Kenny out and Risiko, Ruka, Kenny and Shohei are already up there all the boys and Risiko when they go up to the roof they all sit down and then Kaori sits next to Risiko and she asks her hey do you mind coming to the kitchen with me to grab something to drink? Haruka then asks Kenny, are we still going to that gig? Do you want to go? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Makes plans to go out with Kenny. Literally two seconds later, Risiko and Kauri come back. And then almost all of the boys and Kauri leave and leave Risiko, Kenny, and Haruka on the roof. Where do you think this episode ends, guys? Here, there's so much to unpack here, but we don't have that much time. So I'm gonna ask these questions. What do you guys think about what happened here? Do you think? I feel like we have to ask these questions one at a time because there's just so much to ask and there's so much to unpack. Good to go one at a time and ask yes/no questions. Do you think that Kaori? This is so hard because I feel like it's not a yes or no question. But like, what do you think Kaori's intentions were when she pulled? Risiko aside out of the room. I think she was just trying to help out Haruka. No, I meant, do you even think she realizes, like, the consequences of any of her actions? I mean, she's in in a really tough decision, in a tough place. There's really no good way to do this, but I don't know. What do you think? I think, like, I don't think she had ill intentions against Risako. I just think that her and Haruka are closer and so she was just like oh I'm just gonna go help out help out my friend in this situation right and I feel like had Risako and all three of them even just been closer like she wouldn't have done it um but that like that's just the case in the house right now like the three girls are not that close it's like the two girls and then the one girl like that's what it right. feels like to me yeah but I don't know what do you guys think I agree like I think it's hard because Corey and Haruka like they're the ones who confide and each other, at least that's what we see. We see them like talking more. And Risiko's we kind have of never seen Risiko and Haruka share a scene, the two of them. Yeah. Know, at all. Yeah. Which and the panelists have also made a point of. And I feel like Risiko and Corey don't even bond that much either. So I feel like in Corey's mind, like she's helping out her friend, like she's helping out Haruka. Like they had just, you know, shared this moment. Haruka expressed that she wanted to ask him out so Corey's just kind of like all right I'll be a wing woman I'll help you out I think it could be a little hurtful to Risiko but Mm. again she's not as close with Risiko so right and I feel like this is a a pretty tough situation because I agree with y'all I think what Corey did isn't she's in a tough spot because I feel like in real life what most people would do if put in a situation or in a place like Corey they would just tend to want to make everything smooth and like not hurt anyone's feelings. And like in her mind, she might've been like, well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I know my friend is having a hard time 
And so maybe it'll be okay. But then in real life, they don't have to watch all of this happen in five weeks' time while living with these people. So when you're acting, what Corey did would be fair if she wasn't living with this person as well. And she wasn't also going to be because even beside the point like yeah she's closer with Haruka but Risako is also her roommate and not just like housemate yeah. like roommate like like they uh-huh. live literally they, their heads are against each other in a, in a bunk bed right, right, I right. mean so so yes yes Haruka and her live together but also Haruka is on the floor and the two of them are up on the top so they're actually closer <laughs> in person like if she wanted to stab her in the middle of the night with a pen like I would be a little concerned <laughs> if I was me, but I'm also a crazy person that's always paranoid about things. So it's 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 a tough position to be in. But the fact is, of the matter is, in five weeks' time, whether or not she's gonna have to figure out what she meant or what her intentions were, because Risiko is gonna see them talking in, and not just what she did, but also the fact that they were just in the girls' room discussing what they're gonna do and Corey, yeah. her point blank like does it make you uncomfortable to ask him out in front of her and she said yeah if she wasn't in the room i feel i would be able to ask him out do you mind coming up with me so i can do it so it seems like for all intents and purposes haruka asked Kaori to pull her aside so she can ask this guy out so it makes her yeah. seem like an accomplice mm-hmm. even if that isn't what she intended so the way that the editing happens like she doesn't even she also doesn't realize like they don't know how this is going to be cut or edited either so they're just like right, living their right. life but they just but it's not like they haven't seen the show before so they should yeah. expect it mm-hmm. so it's just tough because i feel like yeah you're living in this house and you know you're on the show but I'm sure when you're living in it you're not constantly thinking about how it's gonna look but like you do have to take that into consideration as someone who it's not like real world or Vanderpump Rules where you film it all and then it starts airing and then you can be pissed at everyone but you don't have to actually see them until the reunion in like three months when you finally have time to like get angry and until then you can ignore them or block them on social media or just you know spew hatred and vitriol via Twitter, but you don't actually have to see them. Mm-hmm. So they're they're living together here. Yeah. So that's right. just this extra layer of like, oh God, this is gonna be really bad in five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> especially if they're in a place or like what if they don't even care about Kenny in five weeks? Or like you know, right. it's like it's just it's it's a lot because then this is gonna hurt a lot of friendships and it's basically making all of Yamachan and Tokui-san's predictions come true because they were all like this is gonna be delicious for Yamachan because he loves <laughs> do you think do you agree with the panelists saying that they don't think Kori has ill intentions I feel like we all agree that we don't think she has ill intentions by getting involved um, I agree what do you think about what Haruka did do you think Haruka what Haruka did pulling Kori into it was fair or do you think she was just trying to do what she, only she know how, knew how to do? What do you? I don't. I, mean, I feel like sometimes I think of that too because I feel like it's hard because I feel like when you're in it, yeah. you're just trying to get help. But then it's also like Haruka really didn't think at all about the co- position she was putting Kaori in. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
it also makes me think like mm, you're asking a lot of your friend a lot and it doesn't yeah. seem like, it's like do you do you even really care that much about kenny to like be putting yeah. her in this situation too? yeah it's it like it also mm, it's questionable do you even really care that much about Corey, or is she just there a to tool help for you to yeah. like feel better about yourself because like when we heard Corey talking to Shohei about how she was so stressed in the house she cried to herself like for a week and then she didn't know how she would be able to live in the house without him I mean I get I understand that was like earlier on and we're further into the house by now even the fact that like this in this episode when after they watched that that first when they first come to the house, when they watch the first episode together, and then they go back, this is already six weeks into the house, and they're like, oh, by the way, Corey, you've never actually ever been forthright about who you're into. They didn't even think to ask her. Yeah. So, like, it's clear that right. they're not even, like, asking. They don't care. So it's it makes yeah. you question, like, well, this entire six weeks, all we've been watching is Haruka, like, going to Corey for advice all the time mm-hmm. and they're always talking about her mm-hmm. and I get that like yeah she has more going on with other people in the house and the show is about people in the house so all the stuff that they're talking about that doesn't have to do with the stuff in the house might have gotten cut for time but from the conversations I'm hearing it doesn't really seem like anyone's actually giving back as much as Kaori is is supporting the others like they're she's not being as supported uh, as she's other people mm-hmm. and I feel like it's kind of unfair to constantly expect her to be in the middle of everything when she's also equally mm-hmm. a member she's not a producer she's not anyone's right. mom she is the oldest person in the house as, yeah. as, as out of the girls but I just feel like she's kind of in this uncomfortable disadvantaged position of like having to mother everyone yeah they're not treating her like a friend like yeah yeah, yeah. like Maybe they think they are, but uh, maybe they're just not able to be that aware. Like, maybe you have to, maybe this level of awareness of, like, how your friend is thinking is something that happens older in life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's not fair because, I mean, you guys are, like, I, especially, like, Caitlin, you're very, like, you're 21, like, and you're very aware of, mm-hmm. of your friendships. And, like, yeah. I mean, we right. just had a conversation earlier before we started recording where you were very thoughtful and, like, you know, we're able to put your 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 friend in 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 a forefront position, even while you were having a really tough time. So I feel like it's not really a, a an age thing. It's it's maturity or or self awareness. I think it's yeah. just your ability to like care about the other person and put yourself aside. I don't even think that really has to do with age. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's like an experience thing and like who you surround yourself with. Right. And, like, in this whole situation with them on the roof, I was really bothered by them kind of plotting against Risiko. Like, I wish that Haruka, like, they would have gone up there and Haruka had asked him out in front of her because the whole, like, purposely pulling her aside and going behind her back, to me, feels a little disrespectful. It feels disrespectful. As how they went about that. Like, I really wish they like Haruka would have asked him out in front of her like I wish she had just gone like taken full control like you know what I'm gonna go for it type of thing versus let's just pull her side let's do it behind her back type of thing plus if we're lying to protect people's feelings here then Haruka should have just could have easily 
been like, hey, Kenny, like, can you help me? in the yeah. like in the stairs yeah. or like or yeah. like, oh I wanted to grab a drink yeah. but I also wanted to grab this thing downstairs would you mind coming down and helping me like yeah, that's good ultimately too. it could have not been that they went and grabbed something or she could have been like hey like I want to drink this tea but it's actually at the top like do you mind coming down with me real mm-hmm. quick or like you know what I mean she could have made an excuse or figured out a way to pull Kenny out yeah, and yeah. Of- could have literally just been like, "Hey, Kenny, can we can we talk?" <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, who gives a shit? if it's if it's uncomfortable for you to ask in front of other people? You could have just been like, "Hey, can we talk?" There's something like she could have literally just been like, "Hey, there's something I want to talk to you about." Like, can we go talk in the playroom? Mm-hmm. Like it, like it could literally yeah. just be about anything. It could I be agree. about her life. Yeah. Like it could be about the fact that she just got a phone call or a big audition. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But. The fact that she, there could have been so many other ways to go about this. That I thought that right. the plotting what made it shady. Yeah, and that's what I think. Yeah. I think actually, actually, her pulling Kenny aside probably would have been the best option because exactly. then there would have been just the two of them talking, and it wouldn't have been plotting against Risiko. Right. Yeah. The final thing I wanted to ask is like the comment in the audio commentary while this is happening. This is also a very big concept in Japan. So I'm very interested to hear what you guys think about it. But the panelists on the in the audio commentary wax poetic over the coming battle between the beautiful Kire versus Kawaii cute. And this is an age old debate in Japan Kawaii versus Kide. And in their mind, Kide, beautiful, is Haruka, and the Kawaii, cute, is Risiko. That is, these are the, the, the stand ins for these concept ideals. And this is, this is basically like, who is better? Who, what do people want more? And it, it's basically like, there's never one or the other. It always ends up being a preference, but it's one of the biggest things that, as women as well, that is, something that's brought up and do you so and like it's it's something where it's like well well she's kawaii like she's only really like she's cute like she she can only do these kinds of jobs and she has this type of personality and this type of temperament and typically mm-hmm. if you're beautiful or key then you're cold and you're an ice queen and you're not personable like a cute person but you're beautiful and you're probably smart and you probably are very sophisticated like it there's all this connotation mm-hmm. behind it it's really interesting because it's i recently started watching this series about colonization and race and colorism and how with colorism like there's like a personality that's associated with a color so then it becomes like a stereotype and like they have like the mammy type or like uh, like when you associate a personality or characteristic with a concept then it becomes this whole other beast and I feel like that's what's at play here with in Japan with kire and kawaii where it becomes not just these concepts of arbitrary designation of just like a shade of color or like whether you're considered quote beautiful or cute which is subjective as well as color in a certain way but then there's these personalities that are attached to them so I guess that that's I mean I'm not trying to answer my own question but like do you think that this is a thing and how do you view this? I don't know even how to ask this question. <laughs> I, like um, I guess it's just, have you ever thought about that as like a thing? 
someone who is beautiful versus versus just cute and like is there a difference to you between the two and like would that affect how you view someone romantically versus platonically mm. i guess that's Aww. where i was going with this because uh, a lot of the were like well they're cute yeah and then that's like minimizing but it's like oh they're beautiful right. and it's like oh wow like but then it's also like well beautiful can also seem very hard to reach like mm-hmm. a-list property or whatever versus like cute and personable so also in japan like they have this thing of like well if you want to be an actor like a film actor you have to be beautiful but if you want to be a tv actor then you have to be cute because you have to be accessible and personable mm-hmm. so like that's all the difference like everything in japan is not everything but a lot of things are divided by this kawaii versus kirei and it's very prevalent like in the culture so I've never really thought about it. Yeah. I want to add something to this from my experience. And that's height. You know, mm-hmm. you guys know me. I'm a very tall, I'm a very tall woman. And I, I have most are. of my friends are a lot shorter than me. And when we were just talking about this, this kind of made me think about that. Where at times I've been told that I come across as in- intimidating because mm. of how tall I am. And I have friends who are who are shorter than me, and they come across as more personable or cute. Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. and I think people base that off of height a lot of times. Yeah, I can see that. And so I think people do perceive that differently as like you know beautiful and intimidating or mm-hmm. harder to reach versus someone that is cute and small. Like Except- I don't obviously yeah <laughs> those are stereotypes, but. Right. I will say from my experiences, I have I have encountered that with right. other females before, with males sometimes, right. where that does across where people assume you are a certain, be way. A certain way. Yeah, because right. of right. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, f- I can feel that because I feel like there's it also get it. You also get a lot of this preclusion from from things, too. Like I it was really tough for, for me too when people are so used to. Like once they get to to a point where they have prescribed characteristics to like a concept, like you're tall, then mm-hmm. well, then if you're tall, you have to be all these things. Then yeah. if they don't understand mm-hmm. where you fall in the tall spectrum, and like if you're short or if you're tall, if you're middle, then they're like, well, I don't really know how to categorize you. Yeah. So then you're confusing. So then they don't really. Then they try to sit there and assess like what you are. And then you're yeah. like, well, you're average. And then it's like, shut up. What is wrong with yeah. you? That <laughs> Why that, does that matter? Yeah. Because yeah. like, it happens, yeah. I feel like, maybe this happens more with like the beauty thing and the subjectiveness of that. But like, I, I'm trying to think of what it is for masculinity or for men. Can you think of anything <laughs> you get a lot where it's like, <laughs> I mean, tallness, yeah. And like, I guess handsome versus like... I guess it has some cute. I mean, I guess it's similar. I don't think it's the same. <laughs> like, like, I can't think of anything. I, I can't really think I mean, of anything. I mean, like, like strong versus. Would it be like, would it be like handsome versus sexy for me? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, maybe that's the more accurate thing mm-hmm. in, yeah. in, in, in the States. It's like not beautiful versus cute, but like sexy versus cute. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is more like. Like sexy versus like cute. Yeah. Like pretty pretty versus mm-hmm. cute uh, pretty yeah. versus sexy oh that's what it is pretty versus sexy pretty it's versus like sexy. 
but yeah, yeah like attractive or like sexy it's like different it's like oh she's really cute yeah. and beautiful and like pretty but like she's right. not necessarily sexy mm-hmm. very attractive yeah. can't even think of people who would be that but then it's like other people who are like they're very sexy like they might not necessarily be the most attractive person but something about them like conventionally and plus yeah, like yeah. conventionally attractive is also like a it's a western colonized construct and it's based on european beauty most of the time so like i mean it's it's a subjective thing but i don't know it's very hard to tell it's a subjective concept it's so hard yeah because everyone's gonna have a different like idea or preference or mm-hmm. viewpoint i mean Hands- you could have right. the same person and have two different people tell you you know what they think yeah so. plus like this is why I think a lot of people love what is it that movie with a crazy stupid love I think where where Steve Carell's character tells Julianne Moore like you're the perfect combination of sexy and cute and then she's so offended when he said the same thing to Marissa Tomei's character and then or like when she finds out that he said that to Marissa Tomei's character like Julianne Moore is like are you serious and she's like done and I've always really loved that concept of like the perfect combination of sexy and cute Mm -hmm. which is also kind of like this concept I think I discussed earlier that I saw of I think Matthew Hussey or something who's like a dating coach on Instagram where he talks about how when you only find something in someone like they're really attractive or they're very strong or they have a nice body if you lose that it's really easy to or if there's something wrong or not something wrong in the relationship or something isn't going right it's easy for someone to be like well I'll just break up with you because it's quick to find someone who's just young or just handsome or just a good actor Mm -hmm. but if it's a combination of two things that's really hard to find easily Mm -hmm. like the perfect combination of sexy and cute or a good guy with an edge or a good girl who is a little bad sometimes like then it's like ooh, this person is not as easy to find again so I kind of feel like I have to stick it out a little bit or I need to, it's not so easy to just be like cut and replace. So I feel like there is that kind of like mixture that kind of usually works. Plus also it's subjective. So it's like, well, you might think that this person is just cute, but there's a lot more behind the surface. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah. And plus like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who think that Haruka is super cute and not just beautiful and that, a lot of people who think that Risiko is super beautiful and not just cute. Right. Because, like, when Risiko yeah. is flipping around like a Marvel superhero and Black Widow, <laughs> I think that that's sexy and beautiful as, mm-hmm. as F. And yeah. AF. Yeah. I don't think that that's just cute. Like, to me, that's like very BA. So. When Haruka takes off the helmet, that's sexy. <laughs> that's sexy. It's sexy. And then. And then Haruka can be super cute too, which we yeah, will find out yeah. more of later on in the season when we find out more about her her like hobbies and things that she enjoys. But when you see her with the older men and after she pulled off her helmet and then mm-hmm. like she was just so upset and she was like, oh, like I, I thought I did well. And then it's on her face and she makes that puffy Tori-chan like I'm upset face. Like I think that's super cute. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah, beautiful. Okay. I think it's you like yeah so i think it's also just like a general concept in japan that's an oversimplification but i feel like it's an interesting cultural concept to think about because we don't really have i don't really think we have that prevalently or up in the forefront out here in america so an interesting thing to talk about anyway that closes our episode for today 
we just discussed all these things and next week we're just gonna i guess see we're probably gonna pick up on the roof with the three of them so (laughs) we're gonna end tensely and start tensely next week and a lot of things are gonna happen so until then where can we find you on social media caitlin you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Big Screen Books. And uh, my website, CaitlinFoster.com, will be up and running very, very soon. Amazing. Jesse, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jesse the Reader. Really exciting. <laughs> Yay! It's great when everyone's very simple. I know it goes. <laughs> For me, I'm not a little. I'm a little less simple. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at tediously underscore brief, and you can find me on Bookstagram at traveling book nerds over on Instagram. That's it for us. So thank you for for being here, and we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Jack again, just popping in to let you know where you can find us and listen to us on the interwebs. So like every podcast in the world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, and so many others. Whatever your favorite provider is, you will be able to find Terrorist Out Podcast. If there's somewhere that we are not, please be sure to email us and let us know so we can submit and get us on there because we want to cover all of the spots. And you can find us at terroristout at gmail.com. And while you are going down the list of all of these wonderful distribution platforms for Terrorist Out, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to rate, review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show thus far. We absolutely would appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking the time. And be sure to DM us your comments, questions, and opinions over on the Twitter and Instagram at Terrorist Out. <laughs> <laughs>